Well, hello, and thanks for coming back and joining me for the final five. This is a bonus episode to the conversations I have every Wednesday, where all season long I'm asking the same five questions to each guest. Today, Mike Isaacson is back with me again to give his own thoughts on these questions. Let's get this started. So the first question is, if you had any other job that wasn't in theater, what do you think you'd be doing? I would, it's one of two, either teacher or journalist, but I'm not sure what's left of journalism yeah. and what it is anymore. Yeah. Journalism of 20 years ago. It's tough. And, yeah. and and what would you be teaching? Any particular subject? No, I, it would probably be fifth or sixth grade. I guess they don't learn philosophy, but I guess it would be English. <laughs> yeah. 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 And what is a, a a bucket list show that you want to produce or a type of show that you want to put your hands on and, and bring to the Muni? Oh, that's okay. So bring to the Muni. I mean, here's the thing about the Muni. It's like, I'll get to them all. I, do it, I mean, like, I've already produced 49 shows. Like, that True, literally yeah. is not like, yeah, I'll get to them, you know? So, I mean, that's, you know, like, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. I mean, after the Fun Home experience was really thrilling and amazing and challenging in a way it was so perfect on so many levels it took a while to recover from because you went to a certain mountaintop and we were all smart enough to know like "Eh, this is not a mountaintop you go to twice yeah and you know there's been a lot written about that like athletes who reach a peach experience and then the follow-up and that and it it, there was a little it, it really took me by surprise there was a um uh you know after we closed I guess the national tour, because the tour kept going after Broadway. But once it was sort of done, there was a, there was like this weird mourning process I went through. And you have to understand if you're going to be in this business that certain experiences are that and you treasure them. And each experience, you have to allow it to define its own terms and be what it's going to be. Because you can't duplicate things. You can't duplicate it. But that took a while to sort of be able to, you know, and again, I think I think what time and experience does for you is once you're used to working with a certain level of professional, and by I by that I mean that's a certain type of talent in person. It's hard when you're in the room and you're listening to somebody who's not that, and you have to figure out how to give them their own space and understand and learn how to take them on their own terms. Right. So the reason I brought up home was after Fun Home, I really sort of got fascinated, like what actually makes a great story? What are the elements? So I was reading a lot of Joseph Campbell. I was looking at sort of um, what are the things that just sort of unite everybody? And you yeah. look at those things, you know, you look at something like Star Wars and, you know, like what is it that everybody, Harry Potter and, you know, finding the musical that's in that world. And, you know, it's once you begin reading and looking at it, it's pretty... It's not hard to know what yeah. the you know food you groups see are, mm-hmm. but I haven't said somebody said here. I'm I'm writing that show, you know. Right. But that to me is like I've always felt that the book of Wicked has been grossly underestimated. That is astonishing what it covers and what it says on so many levels, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing is kind of interesting to me. Um, as a way down the line. I mean, obviously I'm obsessed with becoming Nancy right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Number three, who is it that you look up to that inspires you in the work that you do? It's really interesting. It's a hard question because this is so singular. Nobody else does exactly this, which was very hard in my first couple of years because I didn't really have anybody directly I could call and go, you know, that. And oddly enough, I'm now in this mentor position for people. I'm like, don't listen to me. <laughs> but there's a bunch of colleagues around the country where we can call each other where there's enough of a correlation to what we're doing. Mark got a paper mill. Um, you know, Dan Connectus and Megan are close friends down at Tots. They're starting something new down there, which is really thrilling and exciting. Yeah, Dan's great. I've worked with him a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, so... You know, the the dark night of the soul conversations tend to happen with Kristen in New York. I can sort of, and, and Liz Armstrong is a very close and dear friends who know this and can be objective for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been one of the hardest things of this because there's nobody doing, like when I was at the Fox doing Broadway subscription series and what that is, the challenges of that, you know, there were 30 people doing it around the country. So you had a whole source you can learn from and soil. This is its own thing. Yeah, you're kind of staking out your own yeah. path. Yeah. Number four, uh, what is the hardest lesson that you had to come to learn as a producer? Maybe something that you didn't know before and now have learned, oh, this is what it takes to be a producer. I think the hardest lesson is that sometimes you can do everything right or what you perceive is right and a show just doesn't work. And you can talk your way around it and try to reanalyze it, but there's just something fundamental and you have to be an adult about it. And sometimes it can work and nobody cares. <laughs> but that's the life we lead. Yeah. yeah it's that yin and yang of well, right. sometimes and sometimes not. Right. Yeah. And last question, what is the, the best advice you've ever received? Uh my first mentor and friend in this business, the guy who hired me for the fabulous Fox in St. Louis in the beginning of Fox Theatricals, was a guy named David Fay. Not was, is. He now runs the Bushnell out in Hartford. Uh, amazing man. And I had come from, I had been the uh, assistant to a president of a university. And university culture and what that was, was very, um, you know, to a degree fear-based. You were always mm-hmm. kind of, you know, and it was very checks and balances. And, you know, you were always asking permission. Not in a negative sense. It was a great place to work, but that was the culture. That right. was thing. And I'd been in a corporation for a little bit, so I knew what that was. And I started working for David and... You know, so I was constantly checking in. Am I doing it right? Am I being a good boy? It was sort of what I realized now what it was. And one day he looked up at me and he said, look at Mike, here's the only time I'm going to get mad at you is if you're not doing something that you believe in that may not work. Which was so powerful. He was essentially like, stop asking permission because if we do the right risks and if we, if we don't take risks, we're not getting anywhere. Right. So let's do that and see where we go. And that changed a lot for me, changed how I, you know, proceed. And, you know, you have to, if you're going to be in this business, 
you have to be comfortable with constantly knowing you're setting on a journey and you don't know the end. Yeah. And there's people who just can't do that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's no matter producer, director, yeah. actor, yeah. all of us. Yeah, yeah. We do not know the conclusion. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that every time. You know, I mean, this place, God, that teaches you that. We get to opening night and go, okay, let's see what we did. See who shows up. Let's yeah. see, you know, what's on that stage. We all think we know what this is. Let's see what the audience tells us. We all think, you know, I mean, this is a constant reminder of that. So that is the best. So I, I do try to live that way, which is different than you're not stupid. You don't be reckless. You don't be that. But you have to keep embracing the unknown. If you don't do that, you're not serving the audience. You're not serving yourself. Thanks again for joining me on my conversation with Mike Isaacson. There was a bit of our conversation that didn't make it onto the podcast. We talked about fundraising and all the efforts that go into raising money for the Muni, especially with their 100th year being celebrated just a couple of seasons ago, and all the raising money and that campaign that went into that. Go to Twitter or Instagram at Podcast, and you can hear that clip about Mike Isaacson talking about fundraising. In fact, that's a great reason to follow the podcast on Twitter or Instagram to get those little tidbits of information that don't always make it onto the podcast. Well, that does it for me this week. Join me next week when I take an in-depth look at ASTEP, which is an organization that brings the arts to underserved youth around the world. It's an impassioned and an inspiring conversation, and you don't want to miss it. This is me, your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, saying so long, and I will see you next week on Why I'll Never Make It. Why I'll Never Make It.